Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg. I'm Jen. And this is episode 27. Ooh. 27. 27. Not too bad. And we're trying something really new and very different today. <laughs> we have decided not to lock our three cats up in the bedroom while we record the podcast. So far, I guess it's okay. So far, okay. Chester's already trying to jump up on my shelves that have all my collector's editions of games, and I know if he jumps up there, all of them will break and crash down to the floor. So there's that. So we'll see. We might have a few uh, mid-podcast pauses if the cats get a little unruly, but they're really great cats for the most part. So, Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're okay. For the most part. <laughs> uh, so today's show, what we're going to talk about is we have one news article to cover, and because we record this podcast on Sundays, usually we do it Sunday mornings, but it's actually Sunday night right now because we wanted to make sure we talked about the EA uh, E3 press conference from yesterday, and then we wanted to talk about the Microsoft press conference, which was today, which was at 4 p.m. So we pushed the podcast recording back a little bit so we could talk about those two pressers. And then what we'll do next Sunday when we record is we will cover everything from Nintendo and Sony and Activision and Ubisoft and all those great guys. So the one news article, though, we wanted to talk about right away was actually a pretty big one. Yeah, it broke about two days ago. And what happened, the long, the short version of it is that CD Projekt Red, who makes Witcher, Witcher 3 was their most recent big game that came out. I don't know if they've had any other games come out since then. Nope, nope. The Witcher 3, I mean, they've done like the, the card game that was in Witcher, that Gwent. They've released some like oh, sure. playable version of that. But that was Witcher 3 kind of related. Yeah, like, like they don't, they, they're a, a pretty much one team. They design one game essentially at a time. But essentially what they've been working on is a game called Cyberpunk 2077. Which I'm incredibly excited for mm -hmm. because I, one of my favorite franchises of all time is Shadowrun. And Shadowrun is a futuristic, it's actually Cyberpunk 2077, like the term Cyberpunk was created for like a role-playing tabletop game. And that's actually, they coined the phrase Cyberpunk, which is now mm. used for like anything to deal with like a kind of neon future, futuristic, technology-based, whatever. Shadowrun I always liked because it was a mixture between fantasy, you had magic and you had like trolls, orcs, and elves, but it was in a futuristic setting with corporations and guns and machinery and stuff like that. It was kind of a mix of the two. So this game, though, is essentially based off of the material that started the entire cyberpunk genre, I guess you would say. Right. <laughs> which which I just did say, I guess. I would say. <laughs> but yeah, so, so I, I'm very excited for this game. However. However, um, CD Projekt Red took to Twitter a couple days ago to say that hackers had actually stole data and are trying to scam CD Projekt Red into buying it back from them. Yeah, so essentially holding... Holding it for holding ransom. files, original files used to make the game and design documents of the original game, holding them for ransom, like legit saying, we'll release these to the public if you don't give us something. I don't. They don't say what it is. I assume money. But right, they don't specifically say. They say a demand for ransom has been made, which, you know, makes me probably think it's money or monetarily related. But CD Projekt Red is going on to say that the documents that were actually stolen were old and not really representative of the current vision for the game. So probably a little less secure, I'd imagine, which is why maybe somebody was able to get their hands on it. It, it almost sounds like... It was an ex-employee or something. It does. It has a little... I've got or, a an, um, 
a coworker that says something smells funny here. <laughs> yeah, it, or, or or I could see be like maybe an old employee had like a rummage sale or something and maybe. sold like a flash drive or sold an external hard drive that had some files on it. Like weird stuff like that always happens. Um, you would think that but, somebody who worked with coding or computers would know to format every piece of hardware you, that they're you planning. You would sure like to think. Well, so. tell me. I mean, you you buy a lot of used systems for your store do people format well you say it's easier if they come to your store and they don't have it formatted right we actually recommend they don't format before they bring it in only because certain systems like the xbox one you have to update it if it's to log in and to update the system to go online and it can has to auto update before you can log in to actually reset the system like Mm -hmm. if it's already i should say if it's already been formatted when we bring it in to boot the system, it'll make you update it right away. Right. And that can take Yay. hours sometimes. It's really frustrating. It just happened last week. But normally when people bring stuff to us, they do not format it. And most people don't even ask us if we format it. See, and I'm very weird about that because for me, it's very personal. Well, maybe a console isn't as personal, but I still have every cell phone I've ever owned mm-hmm. in my possession. I do too, actually. They're all in that drawer there, the top drawer. <laughs> <laughs> because I just feel really uncomfortable yeah. with somebody having that. And it's even more so now because it's like a second computer. It's not like my, you know, brick Nokia phone. Right. It's... It, you know, which didn't have any apps. It wasn't a smartphone. But now that phones are smart and you can buy things with your phone through something like Apple Apple Pay, it just makes me really uncomfortable. And I hang on to it. I should probably get those recycled because they can come back as something else. Mm -hmm. And if we reference House of Cards a lot on this podcast, it's because we've been binge watching (laughs) season three. And we're a little bit behind, so we're just starting season four now. But the reason I was making that joke was because in season three, like, Doug does it with his computer and he, like, breaks it in half and then puts it in the underwater oh, or something. But like, I pours would... water on it. It's the stupidest thing. <laughs> it's so funny because in the first, because, like, Greg said, you know, we've watched seasons one. Through, well, I watched season one on my own. And then I started watching season two with you. And then we just kind of barreled through season three recently because I... <laughs> And the only reason why I was so far behind was because I told myself that I was only going to watch House of Cards <laughs> if I was working out. <laughs> hey, we, well, to be fair, though, when we when we were working out, we're not currently working out, but when we were working out, we were watching Iron Fist. Sh- Sherlock. Well, oh, we started watching yeah. Sherlock and we, we got through like, you know, the first season of Sherlock and then we were working and then we started we watched iron fist so like we took a break from house of cards to be fair for us because it, it, it sounds like we haven't worked out since <laughs> oh yeah from ago. like two years ago oh that's which yes that's misleading <laughs> which is kind of close but we're it is you know we're getting back into it. we're getting back into it, it we gotta is. get into wedding shape you know we're gonna... <laughs> but but also um so getting back to it though they released i, I give them a lot of credit so cd project red released a, on a statement uh released a statement to the press and obviously to quote unquote the gamers and it was i don't know how better of a way you could handle this situation mm-hmm. you could lash out and you could call these people bad names you could say all this other stuff or you could well one you could give in to their demands which let's be honest there's <laughs> there's really never going to be a time when you win in that situation because no. how you know they don't copy the files or something like that's just well, right. stupid you can't pay that ransom you have no guarantee but it's true but they could have handled this a million different ways and I think this was the best way. So they, they made a message to, to us. They yes. sent a letter to us. Well, and it kind of shows that, you know, when you think about, 
an organization like CD Projekt Red, I mean, maybe it's also different because they're a European-based company, too. So they have a different mentality for those sorts of things. Sure. What I think is really smart was that in their in their eyes, they're like, well, you know, what they said that they have is is outdated or not enough to really do anything with. It's like, what did they have that they were requesting this ransom? Right. Was it source code? Was it storyboards or, you know, the the plot of the game? I, I can only imagine it was a story outline and maybe a game development outline because I, I don't but know. But even who, then, yeah, I mean, knows? when you think about it, even if you knew the ending to a game, that doesn't mean that you're not going to play it. Yeah. I mean, if you watch, <laughs> this is not, I don't think very many people actually listen to opera, but a lot of the time when you go and see an opera, the opera is not in your native language. It's not usually in English. It's in German or French or Italian. And so when you go, you get an outline of what's going on. So you can read mm-hmm. through that whole thing before the show even starts and know how Madame Bovary ends. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, do you want to read the full? Sure. The full statement. It says, uh, Dear gamers, an unidentified individual or individuals have just informed us they are in possession of a few internal files belonging to CD Projekt Red. Among them are documents connected to early designs for the upcoming game Cyberpunk 2077. A demand for ransom has been made, saying we should saying that should we not comply, the files will be released to the general public. We will not be giving in to the demands of the individual or individuals that have contacted us, which might eventually lead to the files being published online. The appropriate legal authorities will be informed about the situation. The documents are old and largely unrepresentative of the current vision of the game. For the game. Still, if you're looking forward to playing Cyberpunk 2077... It would be best for you to avoid any information not coming directly from CD Projekt Red. When the time is right, you will hear about Cyberpunk 2077 from us officially. So, I think a very well-written sort of, hey, you know, this happened, and keep in mind, we're still a community. It wasn't written to the people that were trying to ransom them. I think very well-written. Yeah, I, I like I said, I think that was pretty much the best way they could go. I mean, what else did they really have to do? Uh, and, and like a game design document is typically what they'll refer to in the industry as like a living document. Mm-hmm. It's constantly changing. Well, you know that. Yeah, yes. you deal with that. So you've got these outlines and stuff that are they're living documents. They're constantly changing and evolving. Game development that takes five plus years, lots of things are going to change. So if mm-hmm. they have files or designs from years ago, it could be very... Well, Unlike like, it, what originally the vision originally was right. or to what it is now. I mean, when you think about, as you said, with development and games and everything, just one, one derivation. Oh, that's not the word I want to use. Like making one decision about something in the timeline can veer off of the original course. So... Like they said, if these files are old, they're out of date, somebody had made a copy of them and then did a save as 
to a new version, (laughs) changed some stuff, and then that was saved as a different file. So it goes in these sort of cycles. Yeah, which, which, and this was an article I really wanted to cover this week, and we probably won't get to now, but I'll touch a little bit on it here, was an article came out on Kotaku about the troubled five-year development of the new Mass Effect game. And and it was literally like from the beginning the things they wanted to do with it. And it just made me realize though that a game that's in development that long, they, they apparently the people who worked on the new Mass Effect said the game was completely changed in the last eighteen months of development. Right. So the first three years were essentially thrown out the window. So anything from three years ago on on Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven could be totally worthless, you know. But I, you can. You, I, I sense a tinge of of anger in this letter, though. Like at the at the bottom, it says, "When the time is right, mm-hmm. you will hear about Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven from us officially. officially." So it sounds like they're definitely annoyed by it, which they have every right to be. Uh, but they handled it well. I mean, how else do you handle it? You 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 attack them for essentially being spineless thieves, and then you go to the gamers and say, "Hey, just so you know, if you read stuff early, you know, watch out for it because you may not want this game spoiled." And there is a large spoiler community out there. But there's a lot of people that don't want to have stuff spoiled, so they're trying to at least reach out to them and say, "Just so you know, there might be stuff floating out there that's not true or is true. Who knows? Who cares? You know, don't well, worry about it." And again, I just I don't think that. <sighs> quote spoiling end quote a video game or a tv show or a movie it doesn't necessarily ruin it for you it it does make your experience less fulfilling but it's still going to be enjoyable because there's so much more than just knowing what happens at the end yeah we'll say say that they come out and they say oh in cyberpunk 2077 the main villain's name is frank you know and you're like okay well that just you know that was not a surprise then the first 10 minutes of the game it was ruined for me or whatever but you know it is what it is and and obviously minor spoilers are pretty hard to avoid nowadays anyway but yeah so anyway that was really just the only story we wanted to cover besides pressers i really want to talk about that mass effect story because we've talked so much about it Mm -hmm. uh but it was a very interesting read i highly recommend everyone go check it out it was just it talked about how in, and i'll just cover this briefly it talked about how in the early days Originally, they wanted to have procedurally generated planets like No Man's Sky. Hmm. And this was before No Man's Sky was announced. They'd come up with this idea. And now we know that what the what the original Bioware team is working on, it's funny because there were stories about how the new Bioware team was, was being accused of stealing ideas from the original Bioware team that was <laughs> making this new IP and they were trying Aww. to steal their ideas. And, and all this other crazy stuff was going on. And it basically... in one of the things that stuck out the most was in their last few months, which is supposed to be known as their polish period, they were still getting things to work. Yep. There was no polish period whatsoever on that game, which, I mean, it's clear when you play it that that's what happened, but (laughs) it's very obvious. It's very obvious, but yeah, it's one of those things where you're like, Oh man. And then I love reading stories like that because no game's perfect. And like you sometimes forget that like these these video games that are made for us are very like magical things like they took a lot of people took a lot of work to get these things out the door and so it is really interesting to get an inside view sometimes of the process even when the process is bad or even when the process didn't go as it was supposed to it's to me very very interesting so nice Um, so anyway so moving on from the story aspects then today so what we want to do is we want to talk a little bit about uh, EA did their E3 press conference on Saturday, and uh, Microsoft did theirs on Sunday afternoon. So, EA, we're going to start with this. So, I've got my little cheat sheet here. <laughs> um, so, the first thing EA opened with was 
Madden football, which, I mean, it makes sense. It's one of their biggest franchises, makes them a ton of money. But they introduced something really interesting. So they're coming up with, oh, what's it called? I forgot what it's called. But it's it's Madden's story mode. Oh. Okay. So you create a player. And, and like, the cutscenes were straight up showing him getting, like, like his life as, like, a rural high school football kid mm-hmm. and like getting in fights with his friends and like all this and so basically there's almost like a story mode of the person okay that, that's tied into the football playing of the game there there are some games like that where you like i know that there's a baseball one where you are like a coach and you go and you recruit in, and in mlb the show i think or in one of the nba one games. of those it's it's definitely baseball Okay, because there, well, there was an NBA game too, and I just don't play sports games really anymore. But in, there was an NBA game that was kind of the same thing. They had something like that where you had you had NBA the life or some of that, and you you lived like the daily life of the basketball player, and you had yeah. you actually had a schedule of like this day is a press conference, this day is this, <laughs> and you had to maintain everything. Oh dear! So at first when I saw this, I thought it was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I really did. I thought it was just really really asinine. But then I had an epiphany. Oh. Right? So then I thought to myself, what's wrong with implementing a work of fantasy and some story element stuff into a game that's been purely simulation? Like, what's to me, what's wrong with it? You don't have to play it. You can still no. play Madden Simulation the way you want to play it. But but it adds something new. Like, there's a part of me that almost wants to play it. Like, like just to, just to see how well they did a story mode in a football game. Well, I don't think that there's anything wrong with having a story mode at all because at least to me it would be way more interesting than just straight madden football right like like just doing game to game season to season whatever if anything it shows you a realistic well hopefully realistic look to somebody who is younger and maybe wants to go into that right well some of the stuff they showed in the trailer there was showers no, there were no showers. <laughs> there, there was uh, there was like a scene where these two guys are friends, I think, and they're talking, and the one guy's like, don't push me. And then he pushes him, he's like, oh, and then it looked like he hits the other guy. So I don't know if there's going to be choices you can make, and maybe you punch this guy, and then maybe you lose your scholarship. I don't know. Like, like maybe. I'm intrigued. The I'm choices intrigued. you make do, right. do uh, affect your maybe life. Maybe they're hoping that young people that are in college and are going to become NFL players will play this game <laughs> and get a taste of what mistakes and stupid stuff you can do so that you don't do it when you get to the Or what NFL. you can get away with. Oh, or what you can get womp, away with. Womp, womp. If you're talented enough, you can get away with essentially anything. <laughs> including murder. <laughs> Up to and including murder. So Yikes. so they talked about Madden, which I, I mean, I guess I have to say it's a little refreshing because it's the first new thing that's been introduced into a Madden game in a very long time that's like really fresh. I think it's I think it's a good move. Like you said, it's an optional piece. Some people are purely playing Madden just for Madden. Some people may say, you know, it'd be really great. I love sports and I love role-playing games. Wouldn't it be great if Madden did some story mode stuff? Yeah, I love The Last of Us and I love Madden football. I wish they could just mix those two games together. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I'm going to agree with you. Like, that's an, that's a, a preposterous, like, recommendation, but it's that's kind of what I feel like. It's like someone would look at it and say, these games have a really cool story element. Why can't I have that in a sports game too? It's like being a gramer. Being a straight gramer, a, a Chad gramer, Chad, total hey. Chad. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then they moved on to uh, I don't know if this is even order anymore. I just wrote down some notes, but 
they talked about uh, the new need for speed. Obviously, we already covered that last <sighs> week. I, I watched some gameplay. It actually looks pretty cool, but it's exactly it's exactly what we said. Like it's it's Fast and the Furious the game. Yep. And I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. It's just kind of interesting. So in Fast and the Furious the game, aka Need for Speed Payback, uh-huh. they actually showed some gameplay this time, and it was a little interesting. So their mission was to steal this car from a semi truck. So you're driving one car. You have to crash a couple of the people, a couple of the vehicles that are protecting the semi. Then you have to drive close enough to the semi for your passenger to jump onto the semi, and then that person basically steals the car out of the back of the semi. No, just bear with me here. Don't give me the stink face. No, yet. I'm not giving I'm just, you the stink face. Just, I just I, I understand this isn't interesting to you, but I it just gotta <laughs> talk about it. You know, I'm trying to get through it fast, and now you're making me waste more. Are time. you trying to get through it furiously too? A very fastly and very furiously. <laughs> Some might say three fast, three furiously. <laughs> um, so then you drive close enough. It's almost like it's objective based. So you drive close enough to the semi, the the character jumps out. And then as soon as they get in the car, you switch to that character. And then you're trying to escape in the car you stole. Just, you know, it actually was kind of interesting how they did it, especially if it's truly like an open world game and you have lots of different objectives and stuff. Sure. You know, I, I think it's got some potential. It's still literally and i was reading another article today that actually went out of its way to find all the comparisons to fast and the furious like how many movies had people jumping off of cars onto semis <laughs> so like yeah. it, was really, it was really bad the game is shamelessly ripping off other movies but just, it is what it is i just think that the average person wouldn't be able to do some of these acrobatics that they have oh in no video oh games. god no Oh, God, no. No. And, like, the things they do in movies, come on. Of course not. Well, I mean, The Rock can do anything. Well, and I've told... We've had this discussion before. I don't think on the po- podcast, but I love the movie Die Hard. And Die Hard, the original, mm-hmm. is fantastic. It's one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. It's my fa- one of my favorite Christmas movies. It's my favorite Christmas movie. I beat you. What about Gremlins? No. Oh. Anyway, sense. not anyway. the point. But it's in the first Die Hard, you know... Bruce Willis is the everyday kind of guy and you know he's just he's trying to get he's trying to get his his wife to come back and love him again and everything. Mm-hmm. And you know he gets his feet all cut up. But then when you go to like the fourth movie he's like jumping out of planes and jumping into cars on the highway. Yes. It doesn't make sense. So I do I actually really like Live Free or Die Hard. I do think it's a good enjoyable film. But you're right. He goes from an everyman. Like, he kind of felt like he was that one guy that we could almost all relate to as guys. I mean, not really, because I can't really but relate it's to just the like, he did. But. It was like that movie wasn't even written. Like, they, they were just like, oh, this would make a good Die Hard movie. And then they're like, okay. Well, funny story, the third Die Hard movie wasn't a Die Hard movie. <laughs> it was a, it, yeah, it was like, it was a different movie that they turned into a Die Hard movie based off of. It was like Simon... It's like a Simon Says movie or something that... That's probably my second favorite Die Hard movie. The third one? Yeah. I would say that. I'd probably say the first, first, third, fourth, and second, probably. I actually really maybe like I the have to. One. Maybe I have to watch the fourth one again. Uh, so, but anywho, moving on. They really... Then they started to cover Star Wars Battlefront 2. Ooh. So that was actually really cool looking. So when Battlefront 1 came out, it was about a year and a half ago. It was right before Episode 7. And it was clearly released quickly to be released to coincide with the movie it felt like kind of half a game it felt like an empty game it felt like they were rushing to get all the modes and everything out 
Battle and and it felt I always said this I always felt like the Star Wars Battlefront felt more like Call of Duty than Battlefield, which is really stupid since Battlefield is made by the people that make Star Wars Battlefront. So I thought it was just going to be a Battlefield game in the Star Wars universe, right? That makes total sense if the same mm-hmm. people are making both games. But they didn't do that. They went more for like this Call of Duty sort of deathmatch style. Well, in Battlefront 2, they seem to have completely changed that. They're going, they, they've listened to feedback. And actually during the press conference, I have to laugh a little bit because the guy came out and said, you know, he was talking about, he said, okay, two years ago, we came out with Star Wars Battlefront. He said, we heard some great things. And we got some constructive feedback. <laughs> and then he giggled a little bit, which he looks at the camera and goes, which is one nice way of saying we heard some bad things. You know, like like he, he yeah. owned it. And I was actually mm-hmm. kind of thought that was funny. And, and so they listened to a lot of what the fans' complaints were. This uh, Battlefront 2 looks really, really good. It, it's, it looks like a, you're, you're on the ground as, as different, you know, like in, in the episode they showed or the, the what they showed initially, the gameplay they showed, it was clone troopers versus the drone army. Okay. Um, the droid army, excuse me. So it was the droid army versus the clone troopers. And it was kind of cool because you could also get into vehicles and fly around in the air. And then you could also be on the ground trying to take points and battle. So it looked really, really good. Uh, you know, Battlefront 2 essentially is the game we thought we were getting with Battlefront 1. Sadly, to people who bought Battlefield or uh, Battlefront 1, they <laughs> had to wait for the second one to actually get what they wanted. But it looks really good. Um, then they moved on to the Battlefield 1 expansion pack. So Battlefield 1 is just your typical military shooter took place in World War 1, but they have a new expansion out coming coming out in the name of the Tsar. Mm. Okay. And what's really cool is they're adding night maps, so you'll actually have maps where you're fighting at night. And they added something, I don't have the exact details in front of me, maybe you can look it up. But it included one of these, I don't know where they're from, but in in World War 1, it was apparently some all-female army and they were apparently super badasses. Of course. Of course. So it sounded pretty cool, but they're also including that in the game. So I don't know if that's part of the story mode that they're going to be following them or if that's just like another one of the maps you'll play as that group. Are you sure it was World War One? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. I mean, you could probably look up Battlefield 1 expansion and it would probably be easier to find. I'm going to find it myself. All right. You look that up while I keep going. Uh, they, they talked about there was a new game coming out that they're publishing called A Way Out. This actually looks really cool. It's made by the people that made the game Brothers, which was a two-player like platformer. But if you played it one player, you actually had to control both brothers with each one analog stick. So could you imagine oh. that having to control both characters Ooh. at once? It was actually kind of annoying to play single player. But I, as a co-op game, I never got to play it. I assume it was really, really good. Uh, so their game's called A Way Out, and it's a, it is another two-player co-op game. It's split screen. It's like a third-person adventure game, and you start by having to break out of prison together. And then it shows a little bit of them after prison, but it, it just looked like a cool co-op story. The thing that I found incredibly amusing about this part of the press conference was that the guy who's making the game came out on stage and he straight up is who they used for the character model of one of the characters. No. In the game. So he comes out and you're looking right at him like this. This is the dude like that's straight up on the TV right now. That would be like Nathan Drake coming out and just yeah. being like, hey, guys. He's like, <laughs> like, hey, my name is uh, uh, my name is Nathan Crake. And I'm the lead designer on Uncharted. And they're like, oh, really? And then you look and, and he put himself, basically he put himself into his own game, which more power to him. It's his game. Well, it's, Do whatever it's, the hell he wants. It's, it's like that meme that I've seen where it's Daniel Radcliffe and it's like a little, like a couple panels. And he's like, hi, I'm Daniel Radcliffe. And then he said, no, you're Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> so did you find it? Uh, The Women's Battalion of Death. Yeah, there you go. Okay, let's let's find out a little bit more about this. I just found it actually. 
the Google will help me. The Google. Uh, the first Russian women of battalion. Uh, okay. Uh, the women's battalion were all female combat units formed after the February Revolution by the Russian provi- prov- provisional government in a last-ditch effort to inspire the mass war-weary soldiers continuing fighting in World War One. I think I just read a short story about this. Huh. Because I'm reading a... A collection of short stories that were compiled by George R. R. Martin called Dangerous Women. And one of the stories is about a Russian woman. I take that back. About a small team of Russian women who were fighter pilots for hmm. Russia. And I want to say maybe it was World had, War I was to say, I don't think they would have had fighter. Not that there weren't fighter pilots in World War One, but It might have been World War Two then because that was against Germany, right? World War Two. Yes. Then it was World War Two. Well, Russia wasn't. Well, Russia fought Germany in World War Two, but not in the beginning. Okay. Well, right. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, R- really, you could argue there's a whole reason Hitler lost because he was fighting the well, U.S. and sides. Britain on 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 the east, and then fighting mm-hmm. Russia on the west. Yeah. And then he got stuck in Siberia mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. So no, this was. Uh, so I misspoke. It, this was during World War One, as you said. So let's see. Yeah. So pretty much that I mean that's so a, a great of, bunch of badass Russian chicks in a Heck yeah. in an army battalion. That's pretty awesome. My my I, comrades. <laughs> and I think I'm sure there was other EA stuff. This was the main stuff I took away from it. It, it wasn't a bad presser by any stretch. I don't really know why they have press conferences. Like EA, in my opinion, doesn't have enough. They did talk about the new NBA. They're doing an NBA 18 again, which normally they've, they've been taking time off from their basketball games because they frankly have been really awful. So apparently they're they're coming back to try to take a swing at bas- uh, baseball. Excuse me, at basketball again. Hmm. And it probably will not be as good as 2K because 2K is really good. You um, mean like 2000? Well, the other NBA series that's out is called NBA 2K whatever year it is so oh. like 2k 17 2k 16 okay. um so they so 2k is just the nickname that's technically the name of the studio that makes them too so um did you was there anything from ea that you noticed or did you have anything that you wanted to ask me what about did you... <laughs> okay i'm sorry <laughs> we talked about this before the podcast <laughs> No, I know that, but you didn't stop talking. Oh, well, that I could definitely believe is true. <laughs> what? Uh, well, I didn't actually watch the EA. Right. And it's tough because this is like more of a one-sided conversation because I watch both press conferences. And this is where when we do a podcast together, this is not what you do. You no. don't read every press release. You don't no. watch every press conference. Nope. You just kind of go, hey, what articles are cool? And you look them up. So anyway. But I guess what I want to know is what did you find either like what did you find the most surprising during that that EA? I think it was the <laughs> I think it was the story mode. Really? In in Madden, like I was not expecting anything like that that came out of left field. And then also the new game from the from the developers behind Brothers, like um, a way out. I think that looks pretty cool. A, a good two player co op game and it looks split screen, so you can play it on the same TV. Nice. I like that. What did you want to hear about but didn't hear about? Oh, from EA. Well, I guess, and actually there's something I'm forgetting, but I'm not technically forgetting because they talked more about it during the Xbox press conference. But BioWare's new game. 
so I wanted to hear more about Bioware's new game. And this is, of course, when I say Bioware, I'm just going to just assume I'm talking about good Bioware. And good Bioware is who did all the Mass Effect games. So good Bioware is making a new game called Anthem. And I wanted to see more about that. But they okay. basically showed a very short teaser because they were revealing a whole lot more information at the Microsoft press conference, which mm, was today. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, nothing really disappointed me. I mean, they talked a lot about FIFA. They talked a lot about NBA. I mean, EA right now has a lot of sports games. It's one of their bread and butter items. So even though I'm not interested in them, I can't say that it's a bad thing that they talked about them. Because there's just a whole bunch of people who would be very happy with the stuff they talked about. Just I couldn't care less <laughs> at all, even a little bit. <laughs> so moving on then. We go to the Xbox conference, which was a lot. I think it was longer. I don't know. The EA one, I kind of skimmed. I actually watched the Xbox one in real time. And obviously, the big news coming out of that was the new Xbox console. So we talked about the Scorpio. We mm -hmm. talked about that a few podcasts ago. And this was going to be their big reveal. So we're going to talk about the Scorpio. Well, it officially has a name. It's no longer called the Scorpio. Aww. You ready for this? Oh, God. You ready for this? I think Nintendo might have helped name this. You ready for this? Sure. It's the Xbox One X. <laughs> the Xbox One X. Why? Why can't they just give it a new name? They just called it the Xbox Scorpio for crying out loud. This... Well, they do. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I, from a marketing standpoint, I actually understand a little bit of it, right? So the Xbox One S is the smaller, slimmer model of their Xbox One. Okay. Okay. In that naming structure, calling it the Xbox One X is kind of saying, because their slogan early on with the Xbox was, nothing's greater than the power of X. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Why don't they just call it the XXXXXXX? <laughs> well, I don't know. I think they might call it the Xbox Two next time, and then we're really going to be confused. Oh, my God. Customers... Well, because they had the Xbox, Xbox 360, and then they went to Xbox One. It's all so confusing. Yes, and here's here's the thing. It's confusing. It's it's bad because the general consumer can't understand it. No. So, like, when a mom or dad comes in and says, my son really wants an Xbox. I go, okay, right. would you like the Xbox, the Xbox 360, or the Xbox One? Well, in their head, they're going, well, the Xbox One, that must be the first one. Mm, well, and, I would and, say that sounds like, okay, Xbox, Xbox One, Xbox 360. Right. That's, <laughs> how, that's how I would do it. The way the way it works is that nobody understands how well, it works. Well, it's like, like we've said before, Nintendo did it right to a certain point because they had Nintendo, the Super Nintendo, the Nintendo 64. Which was originally called the Ultra 64. They changed oh, the name at the that. last minute, but that, you know, that was, they were going in the right kind of direction. Nintendo 64, Nintendo GameCube, Nintendo Wii, and then they fell down and said the Wii U. <laughs> then they hit their head real hard, bad, and couldn't. Which I, I know I've talked about this before in the podcast where when I, you know, back when I was the average consumer, I thought the Wii U was just a, an extension of the Wii. Yeah. I thought it was the gamepad could be used with your Existing Wii. Wii. Yeah, which actually is funny because when they announced the Wii U at E3, all they showed was the tablet. And so even me, somebody who's just like in all this, understands everything, reads about everything every day, I was like, wait, is that a tablet add-on for the Wii? Then the next day they finally cleared it up and said, no, there's a console. Here's, the, here's what the deck looks like. 
Mm-hmm. And so I said, oh, okay, now I get it. But even I didn't get it when it was first revealed. So they revealed it so poorly. Yeah. So anyway, it is what it is. It looks exactly like the Xbox One S. It's the exact same size. Although they <laughs> they technically claim that it's the smallest Xbox console ever made. So it must be smaller than the S in some regard. But I have to say, I think PlayStation, for the most part, did it right. PlayStation, oh, ha- PlayStation 2. PlayStation 3, PlayStation, PlayStation 4. 4. You had a handheld called the PlayStation Portable. I mean, like, yes. this, like this makes sense. PlayStation is the brand. Like, Xbox is the brand. And, and, here's, well, here, and here's what a lot of people don't know. The reason they called the Xbox 2 the Xbox 360 was because it was coming out at the same time as the PS3. Oh. General public rules say if PlayStation 3 comes out and Xbox 2 comes out, oh. people look at the 2 and say, oh, it's not as good as 3. Uh-huh. Right? I mean, that's, that's stupid, but the like there's a lot of weird things like when it comes to marketing and understanding people's perception of products based off that marketing. Well, it's all about focus groups and right. testing and polls and oh look, you know, this tested more positive, but if you use this word, you know, going back to house of cards. <laughs> yes, yes, a, a whole bunch of nonsense, but it is. It's really it, it's it's a political game you're playing with. You're trying to get people to get into your product however that is, and a lot of times it's just it's marketing in itself is quite ingenious because a lot of it is i don't want to say trick based but it's mind tricks you know like like there's a little thing in this i probably shouldn't say this to people who listen to the podcast that come to my store but like one of the ultimate sales tricks of all time is to put the product in someone's hand Mm. so someone says hey you know is that mike tyson's punch off for the nes i'm like oh yeah let me go get it for you and i pull it out and i hand it to them Mm-hmm. Once they have it in their hand, they're much more likely to buy it than if you don't have it in their hand. Well, it's about the, well, if I if I don't buy it, I have to give this back to you. Right. And it's not like I'm trying to trick somebody to buy no, something. No, you're not tricking but, them. But that's but it's just a statistic that says if someone has something in their hand, they're more likely to, to decide to buy it than mm-hmm. not. Well, it's true with anything. Even if you didn't physically put it in their hand, if somebody picks right. something up off the shelf, it's the same sort of... The same sort of mental. Right, which which is why even though there's a high risk of theft on certain items like Nintendo games in our store, we still put them out live because you always have to balance loss prevention versus marketing. Because the best mm-hmm. way to market is to have everything grabbable by people. But obviously you can't put a $1,000 game on the shelf and expect someone not to steal it. Well, not only that, but most of the time, unless it's one of those high high ticket items that are in like your actual cases you'll be like oh i've got to go get somebody and have them open the case for me and then they decide not to buy it and and if you're busy or the people working are busy Mm -hmm. they might say oh i don't really want to bother bother them them." so yeah that's 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 a big deal that's absolutely big no that Um, makes a lot of sense from a from a retail standpoint that you know you don't if you don't have to put something under lock and key you don't you don't so Officially, we'll no longer be saying the word Scorpio anymore, which also, funny enough, that's the name that that writer guy of his first book in House of Cards. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It's like, I swear we're not like planning this this crap out. So the Xbox X, the Xbox One X, Xbox One X, it also doesn't even roll off the tongue very well. So the Xbox One X releases on November 7th at a price point of? Ooh, can I guess? Yes. Okay. 450. Higher. What? Higher. Six hundred. Lower. Five fifty. Lower. Five hundred. Yep. Four ninety nine ninety nine. Nope. So when the original Xbox One launched, it launched at four ninety nine ninety nine and it got destroyed by a system that was a hundred dollars cheaper. 
<laughs> Arguably, the PlayStation 4 is a better system, in my opinion. It runs better. It's got better exclusives. But it didn't help that it was also more... Ex- like, the, it doesn't help that this is more expensive. Now, Mm-mm. now it, the PlayStation 4 Pro came out last year. That was a $100 more expensive system. That came out at $399.99. Now, there's no doubt that the Xbox One X is a more powerful system. It has way more power than the PlayStation 4 Pro. It can do 4K Blu-ray DVDs, or excuse me, 4K Blu-rays. It can do uh, uh, ultra high def. It can do all the other things. It can run games at 60 frames and 4K. It can mm-hmm. do all that stuff. But it's not necessarily that the system's not worth the money. It's that no one's going to pay $500. Well, I shouldn't oh. say that. Not no one. I'm buying one, of course. But like, not no one. But the average consumer, the average consumer is not going to pay $500 for an Xbox One X. And here's the thing. They just dropped the price on the Xbox One S to $249.99. So why would anybody buy a more powerful system that essentially does everything that the other system does with just a few extra added bonus for twice the price? It just doesn't happen. No. Their own product is going to knock out this product. No, I, I just... Uh, I mean, diehard Xbox, diehard Xbox fans are going to buy it. I don't think I've ever met a diehard Xbox person. They're in, they're in short supply ever since the, the Xbox One came out. Like, like the 360, <laughs> the 360 that was the height of Xbox's success, they were killing it. Right. They, they had a lot of stuff going on. But, man, they've lost a lot of ground with the Xbox One generation because PlayStation 4 has been so accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, so my thoughts on the price point are that it's too high. It's there's also rumor that PlayStation might drop the price of the PS4 Pro at their press conference t- uh, Monday night, what? and they might drop it to 350. If they drop that to 350 and this is at 500, I mean that's both a premium product, and one has a ton more games for it. I just don't see I don't see the average consumer buying this. Now, to be fair, early adopters of technology are going to buy it. Diehard Xbox fans are going to buy it, so they're going to get sales. But that's a hefty price point. I don't. It, I don't think it's a very smart price point at all. For a console, no. And it's not even a new console. If this was a brand new console, and they were saying, "Here's a like," if it was in two or three years, and this was a brand new console, right. we, we'd kind of bite that bullet. It's just all it is is a it's a mid cycle upgrade. It's like buying a new video card for your computer or something. It's uh. just it's really. Ugh, I, I feel kind of bad because I feel like the Xbox was trying to turn it around a little bit, and this this it's like impossible to to turn it around well they're trying to turn it around by you know sending out these new consoles and it's not time for that well and you have all these other things like 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 playstation vr has already sold a million units and microsoft still come out saying well we'll talk about vr when it's not just a gimmick or people don't think it's (laughs) stupid i'm like well you've got a million home users bought just that not to mention how many hundreds of thousands bought the vive and the ht the the vive and the oculus and stuff or even just something as simple as that the google one that's like made out of cardboard (laughs) but isn't it uh i don't i don't i don't remember that one there is one i think that was like cardboard and it had like a couple lenses or something in it but so then they go on and, and they start, like, Microsoft had some really interesting marketing terms in this press conference. So one thing they start, like, the next slide after they talk about the Xbox One. Okay, what is it? Tell it's me. It's called Google Cardboard. Google, okay. <laughs> Why? Mm-hmm. Never said I didn't believe you. <laughs> ha, ha. I am right. You are right. And you're so you're so smart, though. You know that. Oh, you. But, yes, that is what i was thinking of okay cool but apparently now they have a new one called the daydream oh which is not made of cardboard (laughs) okay well that's good 
so after announcing, they actually didn't announce the price right away. They were saving that for the end, even though Jeff Keighley leaked the price early. Like he had, he was confident that he heard the right price. But then the next slide, they come out and say all Xbox One accessories will work on the Xbox One X. And we're like, well, yeah, duh. It's the same system. It's just <laughs> they added more power to it. So like there was this moment of like, do, do you think we're stupid? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I just felt that. Like I'm watching this conference. I'm like, do you, you know, but then I think sometimes, and this is not meant to offend anybody who listens to this, but like you have to kind of play to the lowest common denominator. So if you think a lot of your fans won't understand that message, you obviously have to make it very clear. But did you have to say that? Like, did you really have to say that your Xbox One controllers will work on your Xbox One X? I don't know. I don't think it hurts by saying it. I and, you not. know, it's, it would be in their best interest to reiterate those things. Even if 75% of the people are like, yeah, we know. Yeah. It's removing the doubt. From yeah. the average consumer. Well, it, it answers the question so you don't have to get asked it a million times on the mm-hmm. show floor and stuff. So Yeah. Uh, they, they talk about how all games will get a visual upgrade. So they're saying not necessarily, and even if you don't have a 4K TV. So they're saying that because of the increased power, you're going to see better frame rates. You're going to see just an overall smoother, faster gameplay, faster loading times. I mean, Stronger, duh. faster, better. Better, faster, stronger. So then the first game they show off. The first, no one who <laughs> listens to this podcast is old enough to get that reference. <laughs> We're not even technically old enough to get that reference. I but only know that reference from The Office. So I remember it from uh, Scrubs. They do the uh, theme song, the guys that sing, uh, Ted and like his group. Yeah. They, they, were, they, they switched to TV theme songs yes. for a while and they were like, and at the very end he goes, and he does like that fake slow jumping. The, anyway. <laughs> well, Michael Scott did something. Like that. He's like, I better go return that phone call. That's really important. He goes, So the first game they show off on the Xbox one. Do you want to take a guess at this one? What are the three games I always say are the three games they do every year for Microsoft? Come on. I don't, I really, I can't, I don't want to be wrong. Well, one of them you have to know. It's like the game, it's the game that's associated with all Xbox. Things. Call of Duty. Not Call of Duty, but close. It's a shooter. Ooh. Starts with an H. Wow. Halo. Oh, Halo. Halo. That was kind of, that was kind of close. You were close. House, Halo, pretty much, pretty <laughs> much the same thing. So I always say that the three games, the only three games they have left in their stable every year to do is halo wait okay was it just google it because what's the point of making me wait if you just googled it <laughs> fine never mind gears... <laughs> no no please please tell me what guess the computer came up with when you typed it into google <laughs> gears of war <laughs> okay so halo gears of war and forza are the three properties that microsoft owns i was gonna say that one next well good job i'm, I'm glad so those are the i knew three. it wasn't grand theft auto Five. So of those three, which one do you think that they would debut as an Xbox One X title to show off the power? Mm, probably Gears of War. Oh, you'd be wrong. Was it Halo? No, it's actually Forza. Ah! So when you have this new console, you want to show off its new power. What are we going to talk about? A race car game. Oh, A race yeah. car game. Now... It, what's what's frustrating about this too is that, and I say this as a Sony guy because they do this with Gran Turismo as well. Car games are really easy to make them look unbelievable 
because cars are something you can easily model and make to look very realistic and sure. very good. So they take this game of all things and they announce Forza 7. Like, Christ, they do a new Forza game every year. So really, like, this is the, you know, oh, cool, it's <laughs> a freaking racing game. Like, this is so frustrating to me that that's the first thing they announce. Anyway, not going to get hung up on Forza. But I just thought it was funny that that's the first game they show. And then they say it comes out a month before the Xbox One X comes out. What? So you can still play it on a regular Xbox and so not even waiting to launch it with the X. Anyway, um, then they moved on. This actually was a little exciting. So they uh, they announced a new Metro game. So Metro is... Uh, you might have to look this up so I don't say it wrong. But Metro is a game that I believe is based off a series of books. And uh, I, the games I actually have never played, I always wanted to. They're like they're first-person shooters, but they're single-person story-based games. Metro 2033? That was the first one. And then Metro Last Light is the second one. And this third one is now called Metro Exodus. And it looks really good. I mean, I won't lie. But one of the one of the problems I have whenever they do a showing like this at E3, and you won't know this until you actually see it, they'll show you gameplay footage. Obviously, it's pre-recorded footage so that there's no glitches or mistakes, right? Understandable, you're not trying to show off the problems that your system has. However, they also show, like, it's not even someone playing the game because there's all this really weird like automatic events that are happening where the camera shifts a certain way and looks at a certain thing. So like, you know, it's not somebody actually playing the game and it really annoys me. Like it really, really annoys me. There's actually one thing. There's only one thing that annoys me more than that. And they did that at the end. So I'll get to that, but it was just really annoying to see like this. Oh, they're playing the game in real time. But then you're watching like a totally scripted event that I don't even think somebody played. I think they purposely like scripted these. Look at this cool moment sort of moments, you know? Okay, so Metro 2033 is a post-apocalyptic science fiction novel by Russian author Dmitry yes. Glukhovsky. <laughs> it's Kazuntike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was um, bad. <laughs> it is set in Moscow Metro where the last survivors hide after a global nuclear holocaust. It was published in 2005 in Russia and March 2010 in the United States and has spawned two sequels, 20, Metro 2034 and Metro 2035. Nice. And the Metro franchise. And the Metro franchise actually has underneath it th- its umbrella, kind of like how they had the Star Wars Extended Universe, which used to be canon but aren't canon anymore yeah, after they yeah. released The uh, Force Awakens, where it's a whole bunch of short stories by different authors but it's all set in the same universe. So similar to Star Wars, but still canon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So then they talked about the new Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Origins, which is apparently going to be the story of the spawning of the Assassin's Brotherhood. It takes place in Egypt. Mm. Uh, You know, I'm watching the gameplay, and it looks like your typical Assassin's Creed game, but they added a few little things, which I like. One of them being, you actually have like an eagle that flies with you. What? Or maybe it's a falcon. Oh, it's it even one, cooler. Then. One of the two, and you actually you 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 select him, and he you go into a bird's eye view as the bird. Oh. You can go over and actually tag targets and stuff in an aerial Neat. view, and then he flies back, and then you can go in. That's actually really cool to me that it's a new feature. That's yeah. a new feature. If uh, I had a hawk, I would name him Horus. Why would you name the hawk Horus? I believe, if I'm thinking correctly, it is a the name of an egyptian god who has the hawk 
has the head of a hawk. Hmm. All right. Fair enough. Let me. Yes, it's an Egyptian god with the head. He's right. the god of the sky and kingship. Horus. Um. So so Assassin's Creed. Actually, I might I might go back and pick that one up. I don't know. Maybe. I I haven't played one in a while. It's been like three or four Assassin's Creeds. Uh, since I played it. So I, I'll, I'll tell everybody on the podcast because I think this is funny. So, and we've had it recently. So what I say about playing Assassin's Creed games is just like eating at Subway. <laughs> okay. So every time a new Assassin's Creed game comes out, I go, eh, it doesn't look interesting to me. <laughs> every time I think about wanting to go out to eat, I never think about Subway, right? Like if you look yeah. through your collection of games, you're not going, man, I can't wait to play the new Assassin's Creed game. It's, it's, you're like, oh man, I can eat anywhere I want today. You're not thinking Subway. Nobody's thinking Subway. Right. But then you have Subway. It was pretty good. You're like, wow, I can't believe I, you know, didn't think of this. You're like, this sub is pretty good. I liked it. Subs are really good. good. And like their subs are good, but you never think to go there. Every time I beat an Assassin's Creed game, I'm like, that was pretty good. Like, (laughs) Why do I not play the rest of these? Like they are very well made games. They're fun. But for some reason, like, I don't know if it's because I'm just burned out because they were making one a year for a while. And now I'm just trying to like get back into it but in any case you know that's my playing assassin's creed is like subway story but that actually makes a lot of sense because it's not a game like you said you got a little burnt out on it so Mm -hmm. when you like oh there goes another one but a lot of time and energy and thought went into making that game and a lot of talented people put a lot of hard work into it exactly so then during the xbox press conference they started to go into like this massive blitz of new games coming out for it and I'll talk about some of the games, but first I want to talk about how they're funky wording. So they would start saying stuff like Xbox console exclusive, which meant they got the game first and then it was coming to another console later. So they, oh. they kind of made it sound like they had all these exclusives that no one else had, or they would say something like world, uh, like world debut exclusive. And you're like, Okay, but that just meant that they were the first ones to show the game off. It doesn't mean it's only coming to Xbox. Oh, really? In fact, very few games are only coming to Xbox. How, how would you say... I thought exclusive meant it was only on that console. Right, well, that's why they're saying it's 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 console exclusive is their way of trying to say, like, they get the exclusive rights on console first. It's really... It, it's The way they word it, it's kind of shifty, but in my opinion. how would you say it if it was only on... I would say on Xbox for Well, if it's only on Xbox, mm-hmm. I would say... Yeah, I guess I would say something like console exclusive. I would say exclusive to Xbox. Or but only on Xbox. Only on Xbox. Part of the problem, though, is that most Xbox games are also available on PC. It's like this new initiative where they want all Xbox games to be playable on a Windows PC. Well, I mean, but Microsoft owns both of those things. So could they say available only on PC and Xbox? Like only through Microsoft? Yeah, but, something like that. Yeah, that's it not would as- make- it as... doesn't roll off the tongue. Exactly. But anyway, so all their their schemy, sleazy marketing lingo <laughs> aside, we start talking about the games. So they talked we talked about Assassin's Creed Origins, we talked about Metro. They showed State of Decay 2, which I'm very excited for. That so sounds gross. The first one was like it was a single player open world zombie game where you actually had like a home base, but you had to bring back materials. You had to build up your base. You had to keep people from fighting. It was like a zombie apocalypse simulator, plenty of combat, but also like you actually had to, there were relationships you had to keep and you could, people would die. They wouldn't come back. That sort of thing it was actually a really, really fun game. Can I just, can I, can I say something that not many people are going to like when I say it? Sure. Go ahead. I'm over the zombie everything. 
zombie video games, enough. zombie movies. Zombies have really, really the last ten years have just taken over. It's it's, it's, it's it crazy. was it was like the same thing with vampire. Everything was vampires. Well, it was vampires when I was in middle school and high school, and so I'm glad that we shifted out of vampires for a little bit. And now they're trying to bring The Mummy back, starring Tom Cruise. Which I'm okay with because I do love that series. Mm-hmm. While well, I like Brendan Fraser's mm-hmm. series of movies with The Mummy. Not the Scorpion King one that just had The Rock in it. We're right. not the CG Rock, that. yeah. No thanks. Um, But I'm really excited because I love ancient Egyptian stuff. So I would be okay if mummies came back in vogue, but not... There's not I'm enough, just done with zombies. The problem is there's not enough variation on mummies. <laughs> like, mummies are pretty straightforward. But zombies like, are straightforward, too, you can But they're argue. not. They, now they've, but they've changed them. Now you've got fast zombies and you've got... You know what I mean? Like, all these... They, they've changed it as to where mummies, like, you can't... I mean, you, there's, you can't have slow, slow mummies and fast mummies and rabid mummies and... I'm not saying just mummies, but just the whole idea, ancient Egyptian the gods and the the deities hmm. and all of that is all very interesting oh it to totally me. is i totally dig that i just you know it's i think the zombies thing is big because you've got shows and and pop culture is really big on it obviously walking dead's huge even though i thought think that show is hot garbage and you've got it's just it's just big it is what it is you know although i will say that every day every weekday in the office my friend and coworker Stephanie has a Walking Dead trivia calendar, and I've watched about a total of twenty minutes of The Walking Dead, and I I answer the questions, and I'm usually wrong. <laughs> I would hope so. Not watching it, but it's like it's multiple choice. Is too. one is one of the trivia questions how many stealth zombies show up per episode? <laughs> but I did tell her about that, and she's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so me and me and Adam. Me and my buddy Adam, we we used to watch Walking Dead. We watched a lot, like the first three seasons together. And we were trying to watch more, and we cannot get over the fact that every episode there's stealth zombies. So by <laughs> stealth zombie, I mean a zombie that in normal view of the person who's yep. in the show would be able to see said zombie. <laughs> because, you know, humans have quite the wild, uh, wide field of view, field of vision view. And yet in this show, they sneak up on people out of nowhere. So, like, for instance, there's one... I always remember this one. So imagine the camera's looking and someone's walking from the right side of the screen to the left. So you've got, you're looking at them from the side and they're walking from the right side to the left. And then they walk, there's two trees. They walk past the first tree. They walk past the second tree. As soon as they walk past the second tree, a zombie goes around the tree. And I'm like, what the hell? If you were looking that way, you would have straight up seen that zombie. What the hell? What the hell? It's yeah. so stupid because here's the problem I have with that show. And I know there's a lot of people that like it. So I'm probably preaching to, you know, some people who do not care about my opinion on Walking Dead. But I say this as a Romero zombie fan big time. Like I love Dawn of the Dead. It's one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And the Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead are like two of my favorite movies of all time. And so like you have to artificially create that suspense through a jump scare because you're not good enough to write in actual suspense, which is like the thought of zombies are scary because as your numbers dwindle, their numbers grow. Yes. And they're slow, dumb and weak and by the, themselves. Yes. But, but they, but th- you run into a herd or like, like there's one zombie can't get through a door. 10 zombies pushing can get through a door exactly so like th- that's what's terrifying about zombies not the fact that they can sneak up on you because they can't sneak up on you 
Oh my God. It makes me crazy. So anyway. Sorry. I just, I had to get that off my chest because I, I've never really been interested in zombies. So the fact that it just seems like every single, like I tried playing the last of us and I just couldn't get into the gameplay, even though it's by Naughty Dog, who I love. I think if that game didn't focus, I don't think you like the stealth element. I didn't because I like to go in guns blazing to kick ass and take names. You did kill a lot of people as Nathan Drake. I did. You did murder a lot of people. And that's that's okay because they weren't real people. But the problem I have with stealthing type games is that you spend 20 minutes being really, really careful and going very, very slow. And then you get murdered at the end anyway. So then all of that time has been essentially wasted. Because right. you didn't, and you didn't have anything to show for it. Stealth missions get really frustrating in games. Nathan, I, I thought Uncharted stealth missions were pretty rough, and then in in Last of Us, in Last of Us, you get, you know, the whole game is basically stealthing. You know, so I can definitely see that. So okay, so you're over zombies, but I want to talk over about zombies. I want to talk about State of Decay because the first one was a fun game, and if the second one adds multiplayer like they were talking about, it will be really, really fun, I think. Oh, so. see, I wouldn't like this because I'm looking at Wikipedia and it says State of Decay is an action-adventure survival horror stealth video game. See, I don't, I don't see the stealth elements in it. I huh? actually don't feel like there's any stealth. I mean, I have it for Xbox One. I would love for you to try it sometime. Chester decided he yep. wanted to play with the so, plastic bag just now. We did pretty good. We went for a whole hour without the cats being ridiculous. Oh, Chester. Um, but anyway, so I'm just going to kind of go on a list of games because we're already at the hour mark here. So, yeah, no. And there's one more complaint to have. <laughs> <laughs> there's only one more, well, there's two complaints and then everything else is fine. So there was another game coming out called The Darwin Project, which looks like some sort of like multiplayer something. I don't know, like a, like a little bit of Overwatch, a little bit of, I don't know, other <laughs> other games. I don't care about it. Um, <laughs> A really cool game coming out. The people that make Guilty Gear, which is a 2D fighter, it's a hand-drawn, really cool-looking 2D fighter, are making a Dragon Ball Z game. Ooh. And it's a fighting game, and it looks super fast. It looks super cool. Um, the Last Night looks like this really cool game. Graphically, it looks kind of like an old like an old PC point-and-click adventure game, like uh, Maniac Mansion or something like that. Like It looks very, uh, very old-school PC point-and-click. I don't know how the game plays yet, but it looked really cool. There was another game called Artful Escape, which looked like some dude, and he would like hit a button to jam on a guitar, and it was a platform. It looked really stupid. Um, hmm. Jordan thought it looked good. I I disagreed. <laughs> um, there's a game coming out called Code Vein, which it looks a lot like Dark Souls, except with an anime twist. Like all the people look like cool anime characters, but it has that sort of difficulty in boss fights of Dark Souls. I can't get over the name itself. Code Vein, yeah. It's a Code Vein Metro Metro Codevania. Yeah. Anyway, they showed <laughs> they showed um some more of Sea of Thieves, which is the new game by Rare. It's gonna be an open world MMO experience where you're a pirate and you have your own pirate ship, and you go around hunting for pirate treasure and getting rare loot. Mm. And it actually looks kind of cool. Uh, Brett from the Have at You podcast, he is actually in like the alpha testing right now, and he gets <gasps> to play it. No way! And I'm super jealous. He's part of like the Xbox like super early access stuff. That's um, cool. Which is pretty cool. And he said it's pretty neat, actually, but he can't talk much more about it because he's trying to really respect the NDAs and stuff. Oh, did he have to send a no- sign a non-disclosure agreement? I don't think he had to actually sign one, but it was like a, a digital signature, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, same same thing. 
Yeah, they talked about uh, Crackdown 3 is finally coming out. That comes out the same day as the Xbox One X. And Crackdown 3, they've been teasing for like years. And what they showed of it, they didn't show hardly anything. So I don't even know if anyone's going to care about that game when it finally comes out now. It's been so long. Hmm. Um, And then, uh, let's see. So then they announced that they're doing, (laughs) for Minecraft, they're doing a 4K update. So you'll be able to play Minecraft at a 4K resolution. Oh, my God. It's... It's, <laughs> which is amazing because it's freaking blocks with freaking pixels for textures. So what in the hell is what a 4K update? 4K for it's, the, the thing is, it's a total sham. Like this is one of those things that they say Minecraft's a big property that a lot of people play. We want to push 4K as the big selling point on the Xbox One X. I'm just gonna start calling it the X, okay? Because I'm sick of saying okay, Xbox One. Sure. X. So you want to push it on the X. Let's just make a patch for 4K update for Minecraft, which will literally do nothing. Then they announced the 4K update pack, which is a texture pack. Now, one thing that was really cool about Minecraft back in the day, people would create texture packs sure. that made the game look sometimes realistic. Mm-hmm. Or it would look like they would change it to maybe be like Star Wars instead of being like blocks. Like they, would, they would make it look like anything they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they did was they would do these quote-unquote high-res texture packs, which basically made the even though they were still blocks, the textures around the blocks made it look very realistic. Oh, sure. You can do something like that in Photoshop. Yeah. I'm with you. Exactly. So now what people have basically modded in the past for free on the PC, they're saying, oh, we're just offering that for free now too. It's a high-res texture pack for 4K. And like, it has nothing to do with 4K. No. It's all marketing like like yep. gibberish. So we need to like, you have to weed through all of Microsoft's crap whenever you like watch one of their press conferences because it's really annoying. Hmm. Now I'll be I'll be the first one to say now I'm I'm a self-proclaimed PS4 guy, but I am a fan of good games. So if Microsoft came out and had like the best games ever listed here, I would love it. You mm-hmm. know, um, they don't unfortunately. And if Sony comes out tomorrow night and has a bunch and they're they're trash talking a bunch and they make some really bad decisions, I will call them out on it. I have no problem with that. I'm a fan of what's good for the game or good for the consumer. Uh, so anyway, I thought that was just ridiculous. A 4K update for Minecraft is just like the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And then um, Bioware announced their new game. They showed off. Well, they didn't announce. They announced it at the EA presser, but they showed like seven minutes of gameplay of Mm -hmm. their new game, Anthem. So it's called Anthem, like the national anthem. It's just called Anthem. It looks a lot like Destiny. Like, Hmm. however, it's a third person game. So you see your character on the screen. It's another open world, persistently online game where you run around, do missions. Don't know a lot of details about it yet. I, I have to admit, it looks really cool. One thing I really like is that you don't seem to have a different character for a different class. Okay. You have a character that gets into different like mech suits called javelins. Oh. And you can have all types of mech suits. So if you want to be a heavy bruiser class, you can get into your heavy bruiser mech, and then that's who you are. Oh. It's an ingenious way of dealing with a class system because then you don't feel like you are stuck with the character you put so much time into. You can just start making a new suit and keep your character. Sure. So I like that. Uh, the game looks really good, but again, I feel like there was a lot of it was this kind of pre-rendered, uh, like pre-scripted nonsense. Like it made it look like it was real and I don't think it was. And what I mean by that is like they have these scenarios set up to happen in the game. And then what they do is they have characters play and then they have even worse dialogue over the top of that. So let me give you an example. So Ubisoft is normally the worst about this. So a couple years ago, there was a game coming out called the division and, Imagine watching actual gameplay of the game, right? And you're watching a stage where four people have controllers in their hands. Okay. You're watching the screen. There's four people on the screen. They're playing. And 
all of a sudden you start hearing not the people playing talking you hear like this ridiculously fake banter going back and forth like like you'll be hearing these people that are supposed to be real people this isn't in the game this is apparently real people who are saying stuff like oh you got a guy on your left oh we just destroyed that noob and like saying this just ridiculously not cool like fake gamer talk i've uh-huh. ever heard right like if somebody knew kind of what they would say but it yeah, didn't like really ever so- say it someone in a boardroom said uh-huh. okay when people are playing games they're probably like whoa i got your six yo yo run up behind me grab my med pack all right now heal up and we'll kill these guys like, that's, not, that's not how we're talking on there no you know not at all uh so they're leroy jenkins yes thing. so they did that not one year but two years in a row for that game <laughs> at e3 and it really pisses me off because it, it makes us like it, again they're like they're trying to pull the wool over it's like we're stupid or something you know so during anthem though i feel like this they did that to us during Aww. anthem too now it's not as obvious but it was still there and it was like like this one point was like hey have you been here yet no but we should wait for Kim to get on. Uh, he definitely needs the XP. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Like, what? Nope. Yeah, so like you and your friend are on. You're like, hey, have you been there yet? No. Oh, we should wait. Kim needs the XP. No, you go there and you do it. And then when Kim gets on, you go and do it again. What the hell? Who are these people? They never played a video game before. So stuff I like that. I don't get it. Yeah, stuff like that really makes me mad because it. I feel like it's them treating us like we're idiots. And I really don't like that. So that, that was my other complaint. So we had the 4K complaint, that complaint. That knocks out all my complaints. Other <laughs> than that, uh, as far as EA is concerned, now, one thing I didn't talk about because it wasn't that big of a deal, EA's press conference had some really cringy moments. Like, cringy how? Well, the first one, and this apparently was done on purpose, but they had these two guys come out that are known as like, um, uh, they're, oh, I can't think of the name of it now, but they're like, they're like I think they're two like, British people who comment on um, soccer. And it was something oh, like, they're like called commentators. Like, yeah, they're called like dudes in blazers or something like that, or guys in blazers. And so they come out and they they go for like the one guy puts his hand up to high five and the other guy's not looking. So then he looks over and they miss the high five and then they go back to talking. Apparently that was a stage thing, like that's something they do to try to look awkward. It's called like well, men in blazers men is in a blazers. collaboration of the British duo Roger Bennett and Michael Davies okay. that exists as a website, weekly podcast, and NBC SN television show about. English Premier League okay, and yeah. international so, soccer. About soccer. Okay. So, so yeah. So, they came on stage to talk about FIFA. And they had this weird kind of, like, handshake, hand clap. You can look it up, actually. Okay. Just look it up. You'll find it. Like, do the... Men in Blazers Men in Blazers, Men in Blazers E3 2017. <laughs> you'll find it. Okay. And it's really stupid. Now, apparently, people were saying that this actually was, like, a thing they did on purpose. Like, it was staged. Like, they they do it on purpose to look kind of goofy because I guess they poke fun of themselves a lot and stuff. Okay. I don't know. I don't watch the show. I don't care. I, I'm not a soccer fan, so I don't really watch anything related to it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there was that. And then there was another YouTuber that they had on. So they're talking about Need for Speed, and they go to this guy who's down, like, he's down, like, by the orchestra, and they just go, and here's whoever it is, you know, and the guy goes, hey, I'm... Uh, I'm this guy. I'm a famous YouTube. I'm a YouTube creator. <laughs> and he looks like this dead in the camera for like two seconds. I'm here to talk about need for speed, <laughs> uh, payback. And then he kind of grins all stupid. And he looks at the camera for like five seconds straight. Doesn't say anything. And he's like, and here is, uh, and he brings this other guy in who's like the producer of the game. <laughs> So it's like it was cringy as all hell because clearly the teleprompter wasn't working uh-huh. or this guy wasn't like he wasn't a the- like a like a stage speaker. So he didn't know what to do. And again, he's a YouTuber. 
he's I don't know why they even picked him because apparently his YouTube com- his content isn't even gaming related. Oh. So it's like, who the hell is this guy? Now again, he's probably he's they hired somebody who's just going to be a shill for EA. It's fine, but I just think that's it was kind of cringy. And then the Men in Blazers had that thing, so there were just some really weird moments. And, well, it's very. Uh, I mean, if these guys are, I, I'm assuming that they're they're British. I'm not listening to the audio. I believe so, yeah. But I mean, it's very typical British humor to be self-deprecating. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, I it, saw what you were talking about with the high five. It looked almost like the way they recovered from it. Because normally mm-hmm. when you have a high five that doesn't work well, you get an awkward handshake afterwards. <laughs> there was there was no awkward handshake. It didn't seem like it was too big of a deal, but it, I don't know. I mean, I don't know enough about this type of this type of game. Oh, hi, kitty. <laughs> Sammy um, wants to be in the podcast. So I don't I don't know if if you could if you'd be able to find the other one. But it doesn't matter. I'll show it to you later. But okay. anyway, um so so if I had to rate these, okay, so EA had some awkward moments. They talked about their normal stuff. I'm going to give like I don't like grading these things. Uh-huh. I just think it's kind of stupid. But I would say EA, that was a decent that was a decent press conference. They had some stuff to show. They had some new things. They had some things they already announced that they talked about. And I think it was pretty good. I, I'm going to say it's average. You know, it was just, it was entertaining enough, you know. Uh, when it comes to Xbox, they had a big bomb to drop. They were dropping the Xbox X? One, the X, the X, all the info about the X, about Project <laughs> Scorpio. And then they had a chance to really like set the bar with some stuff. And I feel like they didn't necessarily do that. But again, they had a good conference. As somebody who doesn't play a lot of Microsoft stuff, it was still entertaining. Seeing a lot of the new games, they came out the day before Sony. So mm-hmm. they got to steal a lot of Sony's thunder with some of these releases. Aww. They got the exclusive reveal for Assassin's Creed. Ooh. They showed off a bunch of stuff about the new um, Lord of the Rings game, the Shadows of War, Ooh. which Shadows of Mordor is just an unbelievable game. Like, that was so much fun. So Shadows of War is going to be great. So they got they got a lot of that stuff. It was, I mean, Microsoft had a pretty, pretty good press conference compared to other ones in the past. They stuck to talking about games after they were done introducing the new hardware. Mm-hmm. They went right into games, and they didn't spend a half hour talking about sports games and sports end games. It was straight up... Here's our new hardware. And then they blitzed us with like 45 minutes to an hour worth of games. So nice. Microsoft is finally learning at least, which is nice. But so all in all, it was fun. You know, it's entertaining. It's E3. Uh, so over the next couple of days, we're going to get some more impressions. Our next podcast won't be out till next week, though. But we'll definitely do our recap on Sony and on Nintendo and on Ubisoft and a few of the others. Uh, we'll probably have some more news articles if anything creeps out as well. And as always... Well, that's our show, I should say. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's the end of the show. And as always, you can contact me on Twitter. You can message me. I'm at Game Trade Greg with two G's at the end. I'm at Game Talk Jen with one N at the end. And yeah, if you guys ever have questions or if you have anything you want to ask us or if you want to tell us like how bad our opinions are, that's okay <laughs> too. Just interact with us. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, but if you think of anything, always let us know. We always appreciate everybody listening. This is fun for us. We Hopefully, it was fun for you. And everybody have a great day. Bye. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye.